It's very Francis, right? So it's so Francis. Like, no, I just feel like we could like just go around and just tell our favorite no, quotes. We, we, That's like forever because it's oh, just the best there ever was. Ever will be. <laughs> Exactly. Can so, I just say before we start? Yeah. I'm, I was very disappointed this morning. Let me tell you about my disappointment, okay? Okay. I went to the office and all the toilets and the sinks are down, right? Because yes. the water's off. That wasn't disappointing. I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I took care of that before I came here. What was disappointing is that I put a Keurig cup in the Keurig and pressed brew and this like creamy mixture came out. Uh-oh. The cup was like... A sweet and creamy coffee. I was not expecting this because I, I like my coffee black. Wait, right? I wanna, so I'm drinking this like nasty sugary cream stuff. It's from the, like the donut shop. You want it? That is awesome. You didn't have to add cream or anything. It just came out like that. It was disgusting. It was the most abhorrent thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Peter Berger has a Nespresso machine. And First that thing world is problems. Awesome. Yeah, Nespresso's are pretty saying. cool. What'd you say? First world problems. I know, but like it was just a shock, and I'm still going to drink it. Wait, you actually drink black coffee, just black? Yes. My dad always did when I was growing up. I did like, and I want to be just like him. I do a spike of uh, coffee in my cream and sugar. (laughs) See, okay, so (laughs) that totally fits your personality. Just a drip. Emily and I went to the Starbucks the other day, and for the first time in a long time, I was like, I'm gonna get a fancy drink, and so we got this like. Hazelnut mm. coconut milk. Oh, that thing is actually No, it was terrible. <laughs> you like it? It was awful. I no, wait, I had the almond one. I had them make they cause it was gonna mm-hmm. be the iced one mm-hmm. or something. And yeah. I was like, no, I want it hot. It was bad. But I want it the was almond like one. Ninety percent milk. I like milk. What about what I about like cold it. brew coffee? Love it. Really? Love it. It looks scary to me. I've it's like high octane fuel. It's so awesome. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty uh not into well like I'm pretty new to the coffee scene. I started drinking coffee this summer when I was working at the hospital. Oh, really? Got to, yeah. Got that was the first it. time you started? Yeah, really. I mean, huh. like, before that, I drank tea okay. in the mornings. But at the hospital, they didn't – they had, like, really crappy Lipton tea maybe sometimes. But there was Lipton always – Oh, like in, the, like in the tea bag? There was always crappy coffee available. And so I was just like, well, it's 2 in the morning. I really need to stay awake I right now. bad coffee is better than – most, no coffee. Most things. That's true. No it's better coffee. than no coffee for sure. <laughs> I never I never drank coffee and then I became a mom. Yeah. And it was like I need something. In order to survive. And now my kids will make comments like, ooh, I don't think mom has had her coffee yet. <laughs> nice mom there's nice mommy after coffee and it's crazy how that and there are times, this is real bad. There are times at night where I can't wait until the morning to have coffee. Because that means it's coffee time. <laughs> I'm not that person that Wait. would drink coffee at like 3 p.m. Oh, I, I, you are? I do. Yeah. No. I'd probably stop around 3.30. Yeah. No, no this, it has to be a But then I stay up till like 2. Yeah. I need to get my sleep schedule on focus. What time do you, what time do you go to sleep generally? Well, depends. Sometimes I'm either reading or watching TV and I don't really realize like, oh crap, it's 2 o'clock. But this is, this is what it is about adulthood. But adult then I wake land. up at 8 and it's fine. <laughs> Adulting requires, this is what I've understand, understand, like if you're parenting up until like 8, 39, mm-hmm. or you're here at work until mm-hmm. 8, 39, 10 o'clock, 
you have to go home and like have a sense of like yourself. Like yeah, it is totally. so depressing if you just like put the kids to sleep and then go to sleep. Yeah. They, then, so I would rather like Netflix for an hour and, and wake yeah. up feeling like awful having had yeah. that time of like me time. Relaxing. It, yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it depends on the day for me on that kind of thing, but I totally hear you. Okay. We have to be out of here. We, you and I have to be walking out of here at okay. 107. Um, I have to review everything still. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 11. Maybe 11. <laughs> 11. Um, Yesterday, I had some teens that were volunteering in my office, and we were talking about just the things that they were having me do. And then I was telling them that today I was going to get to podcast. I was explaining one of my teenage girls says that, and I kid you not, she says every Saturday morning she gets her coffee and she watches coffee with the caller. Are you serious? No, I pr- I thought you would love this, and I have. She to drinks tell coffee. <laughs> she. D- they That's all, come on. Yeah, they all drink true. coffee. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes, they they all drink coffee. Wow. But, but I'm very was, cosmetology. guys. <laughs> okay, so then that gave me like a million ideas for anyway, whatever. I know. So we need we need to like, sit down and like we do because like. Teenagers are like she's a yeah. senior in high school. She's I think she goes to like 130 mass. Like it's so mm-hmm. it's reaching like anyway, I just wanted you guys to know. You should definitely tell Father I'm James. So, that. I, you I was should like, come to one of our media meetings where we're planning stuff and I bring ideas. Was gonna beeline to his office, but he, they're not they're not here. He's not here right now because he's filming Coffee with the Callers oh. on location somewhere. Tune in. Fancy. Tune in. So we've had a couple people reach out about the podcast and say that it's really awesome and really helpful too, really? which is just, it's encouraging. I mean, like, Super. you know, it's not like yeah. Will and I are here trying to like change lives. We're just, we just want to communicate like the parish to the people. Yes. And if it changes lives in the process, if God changes lives, that's great. Uh, but I just want to tell people out there that if, if you're enjoying this, uh, send me or Will an email and we'd love to, love to hear more about yeah. why really, you enjoy it and yeah. what we can do to make this a better experience exactly. for you. Yeah. Um, well, and I just, I've, I told Marie that I have started replacing my like random scrolling with in, like intentionally list because this is very much for our parish. You can yeah, tell. Absolutely, absolutely. So that, so that I've just, re- I've started just replacing my screen time with stuff from here. Yeah. I mean, the goal of all of this stuff is not to become famous. Yeah. It's, exactly. to, it's to evangelize the people here at St. Louis and here in Austin. Yeah. To share the gospel, how it's, and it's how it's inculcated here. Right, right. This place. Yeah. And just uh, the potential to grow community is exactly. ridiculous. And if we become famous and get a bunch of sponsors in the process, you know, Yay. God's will be done. It's all good. It's all <laughs> if good. I can retire off of podcast. That'd be great. That would be awesome. <laughs> oh, goodness. It's epic. Whoa. Anyway, welcome okay. to the Being Church Podcast, y'all. I'm Tom. I'm Will. I'm Elisa. And we're here today to uh, talk about some Pope Francis stuff. Recently, he released um, a new apostolic exhortation called Gaudete et Exultate, or Rejoice and Be Glad. And it's uh, one of, it's the most recent in his series of like joy exhortations, yeah. right? So there's like, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to name them all. There's the joy of the gospel. Evangelii Gaudium. There's uh, the one about the environment. Laudato Si. There's, that's not Latin, folks. That's, that's uh, Italian. La oh, really? si. yeah. Thank you. It's yeah. from it's from St. Francis of Assisi's. I learned that from from a fellow seminarian. Prayer. Oh. Um there's a more Letizia and which is the love of the family or something. It's uh, uh the what? joy of love. The joy of love. Oh, I have the, not read more that. One. That's the one that's causing yes, all the There's no, no way. No. Yeah, really? you got to read it. Oh, my it's the one that's causing really all the hubbub, long, but it's it is really quite long. good. Yeah, this one I mean, was really 
easy read. Yeah, I it, was shocked. Amor Satisia, I mean, he he really – I love – there is one chapter in Amor Satisia that I think is just like gold, which is this long explanation of the um, the hymn to love yeah, that St. Paul yeah. has. It is so When did that come out? Wait, was it like 2015? Uh, no. It would have been – hold on. I so far back I can't remember. I want to say that it was like November of 2000. Can you send me that like specifically? Yeah, yeah. I, like, but anyway, so he's been writing all these exhortations, and they all have a common theme, which is joy. Yeah. Um, because Pope Francis is like you know all about discipleship and all about accompaniment and following Christ, um, and he wants us to do it with joy. And so today uh, we're just going to sit around and kind of talk about this. This letter and talk about our favorite parts. Um, and there will be a link to it in, so the, in the show description. Elisa, you're like going. You just you read it most recently. I finished this. This came out a couple weeks ago, so I've it's been a while since I read it. What? It's been about a week, yeah, that I've read it, it oh, over the you, last week. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, read I finished it, over it last night. Week. Yeah. Gotcha. What? What? What do you? What do you like about it? Like, what's going on here? Because um, you're like just brimming. You're like, let's yes, yes. Pope Francis. Um. <laughs> I just I think the overall thing that I love about maybe just him but but definitely it's you can feel it you can sense it in this document is that Pope Francis has a way of very uh gently very he brings everybody kind of in so like nobody is he makes holiness accessible to everyone yeah but also on the kind of on the other side of the coin, he also doesn't just let us be complacent, mm-hmm. right? He he challenges us. So it's like this compassionate call to holiness mm-hmm. at the same time as it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And so that about him has always just been so deeply um important to me. He He's one of those spiritual heroes of mine that makes me feel like, yes, I can do this, but also do not be, do not, you know, do not feel like this is where you stop. Like you've made it. Yeah. Don't yeah. ever feel like that. So somebody who can do that, who, who never makes you feel like you're less, but also draws you into more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, Yes. Yes. Thank you, Papa. Yeah. People always accuse him of like lowering the bar. Oh, he's making it, you know, he's, he's reducing whatever doctrine. He's not a, and two, he's, he makes it harder to be Christian, right? Like the, the level of love, like the, the standard that he sets for us all to live. It's hard to go into the tensions of life and like love people and be holy. It's Francis lives in the gray. Like he, yeah, like he, he, I mean, he, he, he knows the truth and he, he is a hundred percent on the truth. I really believe that, yes. but he wants to go into the gray with people and be like, okay, you're here. Now can you, can you do this? Right. And can you step by step? Will you, will you come with me? Will you trust me on this part? I, and I just, it's like, yes, yes, please more. Well, <laughs> more please. And like you said, it's, this is challenging. It's yeah. not, he, he talks about, um, he says humility can only take root in the heart through humiliations. Mm-hmm. So like humiliations like <laughs> yes. that, who wants to be humiliated, no right? Exactly. And he even says it. He says, without them, there is no humility or holiness. Yep. If you are unable to suffer and offer <clears throat> up a few humiliations, you are not humble and you are not on the path to holiness. Exactly. Like it, that's not <laughs> roses and butterflies no. here. This is like, no. 
Let's and, do this. And humility, I think we like have a really false idea of what it is. Like, oh, you're, you're so great. I'm not. Right. I, I saw this thing on Twitter the other day. It was like, could you do me a favor, please, maybe? If not, that's okay. Like, I'll just go over here. I'll just go die. It's fine. Right? Like, we, we're just like so ready <laughs> no. to like. Right. Like, just like embrace this false humility of like, yeah. oh, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. But humility is so different from that. It's the foundation of holiness, right? To to be able to put others before yourself right. and to be able to humble yourself before God. Like, right. And I think, you know, to think of it in this uh, kind of to contrast with pride, you yeah. know, so, so not always making everything about your ideas and what makes you comfortable. And I think when you're talking about like this idea of hum- humility and how we've maybe had a kind of a, uh, not the best understanding of it. I would say, um, the beatitude part that he, mm-hmm. that he went through was kind of eye opening for me because I've always kind of just skipped through the beatitudes just because yeah. I feel like that's not me. Um, I'm none of those things. I will never be those things. And I think it's because I've, I've had a really poor understanding <laughs> of meekness, right. Of, of, um, like, I'm just like, I'm not meek. I'm crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but 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 the way that he explains these things yeah. of being poor in spirit, yeah. of being meek and humble, it's not the ideas that I've had of those words. Yeah. You know, so I and I love I, I just love his phrasing of all this stuff. The um the title for the section that kicks off those beatitudes, it's called Going Against the Flow. Oh, right. And so he's, yes. he's already yes. insinuating so that living the Beatitudes is totally countercultural. Right. And the structure, like not just the words that he says about the Beatitudes, but the very structure of that section. He's like, the first Beatitude is this, blah, 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 blah. And how he ends it. Being poor of heart. Yeah. That is holiness. The, the it reminds me of Father James, actually. Yes. I almost yeah. feel like yeah, I could yeah, just yeah, yeah. write those statements at the end of each section out. Like, this yeah. is holy. Right. He's got this ability to take something like the Beatitudes, which I'm right there with you. I'm always like, yeah. okay, Beatitudes, they're good. How do I, how do I do? Yeah. But he, he no, just to say, true. being poor of heart, that is holiness. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Yeah, and then he connects oh, right. that to like holiness. He he has a line that I was like, this is straight out of Father James. I can't remember where it was. Holy indifference? No. That's uh, it was basically like holiness is being in union with Jesus Christ. Like it is being in oh. union. And I can't remember. Let me find it real quick. Yeah, no, no. That um, is that was that was a really, really, really good part. Um And and it was this idea that um that holiness lives next door. Yes. Did you see that? Yes. yes. So you're talking about like the first 25 paragraphs. Yes. The, yes. The, that is, I read the whole thing, but yes. that is my favorite part. Right. So he says, very often it is a holiness found in our next door neighbors. Those seven. who living in our midst reflect God's presence. We might call them the middle class <laughs> yes. of holiness. I know. Wait, that was hilarious. Wait, yeah. the middle class of holiness. I was like, pop, like that is just... That's just so beautiful because it really stretches us to look around. I would say even at people who are not Catholic and who are living this holy, uh, this holiness, mm-hmm. right? To kind of stretch our idea of what holiness is and then let that inspire us to more fully live our own call. Right. And that's, that's the, did you find what you wanted to? No, well, I, I just, uh, no, that, I, let's keep going on this part. <laughs> that so this this first twenty five paragraphs or whatever in this and, and so a point of clarification here. All this is going to sound out of context if you 
if you don't read the the letter. Oh, right. So we definitely y'all should read the letter and uh, and then listen to this episode again. Yes, or read the letter and then listen to this episode. Right. And let me just say, I'm not one of those people that can read papal documents very well. I tried to read Love and Responsibility the other day, <laughs> or not the other day, like a year ago, and I made it through like four pages, and I was like. Yeah, I can't. Exactly. I literally cannot really, do this. It's long, but Francis does it in a readable way. Right. So, just so you know, if you're going to take this on, it's very, very easy reading. It's yeah. just little short paragraphs that are like packed. Yep. Packed with punches. Right. Father James is like, you need to write something for the parish on this. And I was like, where do I begin? Yeah. Where do I start? But, but I focused on this front part. So, Francis talks about like, we're always thinking about these saints, the upper class right. of holiness if you will like right like Therese Lisieux or Catherine Siena <laughs> or Thomas Aquinas and we're like man if I could just be like them like I'm not holy until I'm like that and Francis beautifully says in in line with all the church councils that we've had since well in line with Vatican II and the popes and stuff like that that like we're not called to mimic he says he oh, says here yes. like you are not called to mimic those saints um or we are not meant to copy. Copy. Right. Right. Yeah. We're meant to imitate. Imitate. Right. Yeah. But we're not meant to copy them. That means that the way that Therese of Lisieux pursued holiness might be a good model for me. Right. But it not, might not be the way, the mission that God has given me to live holiness in the world. Because that mission is like intricately and intimately connected to my baptism and the gifts I received there. Right. Yeah. Um, he, he makes it really... Like you were saying, he makes it really easy to see that holiness is attainable for Tom Karani in the way that Tom Karani is supposed to live holiness in the context of what it means to be in relationship with God. Yeah, there's there's an awesome quote on that. Each saint is a mission planned by the Father to reflect and embody at a specific moment in history a certain aspect of the gospel, right? Yeah. And right before that, he says a Christian cannot think of his or her mission without seeing it as a path to holiness. Exactly. So you like... Reminds me of the Blues Brothers. Quite right a mission from God. You know? <laughs> I love it. It's great. Yeah, like, and holiness is, it's the end of our, it's the goal of our life, man. Like, and, but it's so specific to us. There's not a, there's not one path that, the, the one path is Jesus Christ. And right. so if you're in Jesus Christ, wherever you're going or whatever you're doing, um, like, as long as you're discerning it and following the Lord's will, um, that's your path to holiness. And it's so yeah. freeing. That yeah. is freeing because yeah. it's like, I don't have to be that other person. I just have to. And he does, towards the end of the document, go into discernment. Yeah. Uh, he spends a lot of time mm-hmm. talking about prayer and discernment and mm-hmm. how being still, like you cannot discern your mission, your specific call to holiness if you're not quiet. Exactly. And if you're not giving Jesus... Yeah. The, the time and the space to speak directly to you. And he was like, discernment is not about just the big things. Mm-hmm. Don't yes. just discern the huge things. Discernment is a daily moment to moment thing. Yeah. I think discernment is we could do like 17 episodes on discernment, right? right? Like it's we don't know how to do it uh, well. I mean, because it starts with like we don't none of us know how to pray. Like, we're all imperfect prayers, right? Right. But true discernment, um, I think it's rare. I think it's rare. And I think it would solve a lot of problems if people, like, spent time in silence, really listening for the voice of God. Um, yeah. And their, for their path in life, for their mission. I love that he framed it as, like, it's a mission. Like, you're called to accomplish something. Yeah. 
You know, you're not just here willy-nilly like, oh, it's all about me. No, someone has given you something to do. Right. It's your mission in life. He says, discernment is not about discovering what more we can get out of this life, Mm -hmm. but about recognizing how we can Mm -hmm. better accomplish the mission entrusted to us at our baptism. Tom, like that's basically what you just said, right? Yeah. Like we were given a mission at our baptism and, um, and discerning what exactly that is, is is critical. Plays out. Yeah. A readiness to make sacrifices, to even to sacrificing everything for happiness is a paradox. We experience it most when we accept the mysterious logic that is not of this world. This is our logic, says St. Bonaventure, pointing to the cross, right? The, the, this the, is our logic. This is our oh logic. Oh my gosh. I, right? like, like, I, I, I can see, that's like a Father James yeah. thing. Like, this is our logic, right? The, yeah. But, uh, but it, that's the, that's the thing, right? Like, discernment is not um okay what do i have to do or like what is the you know what do i what can i get out of this or how am i gonna be fulfilled here no it's discerning how god are you calling me to be generous what what is the the next step in the generosity that you're leading me to and i think it's important to point out here that um it can be a little bit you know when we're saying called to holiness. Mm-hmm. I think the word holy, it's, it gets yeah. like a very bad rap, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, holiness doesn't mean that you're this person that's going around like judging and pointing out people's flaws. I think that there can be like this sense of, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to be holy. That sounds, um, that doesn't sound fun. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? No, you're absolutely oh, right. You remind you're me absolutely of one of my right. favorite parts uh, where he talks about having a sense of humor. Yes. Oh, yes. Wait, so, oh, that's where he talked about um, – um, what's his name? Thomas uh, – Yeah. Oh, th- the, the prayer. That prayer in the footnote Thomas is Moore? hilarious. Right. He's like, Lord, grant me good digestion <laughs> and food that I may eat and all of these things. So like I, I really <sighs> think that uh, – my. so this is something that, that strikes really close to my own heart. Um, when I was in like middle school, my mom constantly would be like, Will, have a sense of humor. Like I was so serious and I was so just like not happy about things. And so when I was reading this and it – She's joy, like, lighten up, man. Like I'm sure – like I, I need to send this paragraph to my mom and be like, hey, you were right uh, very clearly because like far from – this is the way Pope Francis says, right? Far from being timid, morose, acerbic. Or melancholy, or putting on a dreary face. The saints are joyful and full of good humor. Like I remember one time at the at the seminary, um, we were my vocations director. He was just really happy because when he came to the seminary, he walked into the chapel. There were there were guys praying in the chapel, and then he walked to the refectory, and there were guys laughing in the refectory. Oh. So like that, those are the two touch points of our life that we we we. We go to the Lord, we spend time in silence and we're with him, but we also have this sense of humor that it's like we take our, our life and our mission seriously, but not We don't it's take not ourselves about serious. Us. Right. It's we don't take ourselves me. so right. seriously. You know? We're right. joyful because of everything that God has done. And I know that still sounds like, Oh, you're so holy, but it's like if you truly that that's why he keeps talking about joy, joy. because right. if you truly understand the charisma, if you tr- like that Jesus came to save you because he loves, loves you, you because yeah. right. God loves you, yeah. right, exactly. and wants to dwell with you forever. If we if we really like, if we really internalize that, 
our only response can be joy. Well, yeah. and if you or think that should about be the Christian's response. The anyway. people that are most um, like the people like I have I had this Tia Pera. Her her name was Esperanza, and we call her Pera for short. Mm-hmm. And so that means hope. Her, but she. Mm-hmm loved Jesus. Like she had business cards made yeah. out that said Jesus's friend or something like yeah. that. Amazing. <laughs> but she was just like everybody, everybody wanted to sit and talk to her because she, she just was so joyful. She was so near Jesus. And that holiness is just magnetic. You yeah. just yep. want to be around people who have found such a deep and profound joy, yeah. right? It's not this passing, you know, happiness or this passing good feeling. It is this just deep sense of being known. And so, and so those people are just, they're easy to be around. Exactly. How do we cultivate that in our lives? I mean, like, Mm -hmm. especially when you're, when my job is church, right? Maybe this is Tom just complaining and venting and trying to figure out his life, but that's what podcasts are for. That's why I started this guy. Right. Exactly. Uh, But like when your job is church and things go wrong at work, (laughs) <laughs> you know, when things get frustrating and, they do. and we're supposed to be joyful people, like how do you, or even just like in my own prayer life, how do I cultivate joy? Is it just a or matter of family like, when the kids are just, you're driving you nuts. Driving you exactly. Nuts. Like, is it just, is it as simple as like finding a new way to be in relationship to God every day, like to be reconverted every day? Or is it like, how do I get in touch with that joy? One of the things that has helped me in those moments of kind of melancholy or difficulty or whatever is to to really look around and and see the things that God is giving me in that moment, right. even if they're really small, right? Um, I once went to this conference that told that was like find this things specifically to you, and they need to be really tiny things that help you help you know that joy. Remember, yeah. so like. One of the people said, um, for her, it it's lighting a candle. I know that seems ridiculous, but so I was just like, so now what I do is if I want to pray specifically for a person in my house, like I hear that something's gone wrong or something, I light a candle and just kind of like that centering mm-hmm. of like an action or go outside and feel the sun on your face, like very specific actions that help you, uh, to reconnect mm. to who he is in your life. And it, it might be different. I think yeah. that's yeah. I think that's good. There's right? that's dude. No, I I just think there's like a good human like psychology. To oh that. yeah, just like that's a centering action. Right? Yeah, like for me, we can't ignore that we're human. <laughs> yeah. right. That's pretty obvious. No, yeah. <laughs> you got to do that. You have to do it intentionally. Um, one of the things the spiritual director told me is just to to write something. Yeah, and so like I I would I at the end of each day, even if it's something really really short, I write down like. I'm grateful for this or I'm, you know, thank you God for this or whatever. And that has really inculcated in me this, this kind of habit of mind of doing that. Um, and it's, it's what he's talking about in 153, um, this grateful memory, right? Like mm-hmm. when you're, when you're mindful of all the blessings you've received from the Lord um, and you think of your own history, when you pray, you realize that there's a lot of, like God has been so generous to you. Right. And so that's the source of the joy. Like that right. really is, uh, it's like all of this stuff that gets in my way of being joyful is so small right. compared to all of these. Well, a blessings. posture of gratitude is just yeah. essential, I think, for 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 a joyful life. Like 
to be grateful for there's so there's so much and even in the it's interesting I was telling the student that I met with last night I was telling him that the points in my life of suffering of the deepest suffering have have taught me so mm. much and so there's a there's a deep profound gratitude and 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 joy for having made it through that but also for having learned yeah um more about uh kind of just how to be compassionate to other people. I think the suffering in our lives and the things that are really hard, that's what makes us um, good spreaders of the gospel. When you really understand and intimately know people's sufferings because you've been there and you've walked it, I think you're much um, you're much better at, at, at expressing God's love and joy because mm-hmm. you know where, where you've come from, you know? Yeah. The wound becomes the place of encounter with the right. other person. Right? Yeah, Henry Nouwen's got a... The wounded, wounded healer. healer yeah. yeah, he's got a great book on that. The other thing about joy that I think um, is interesting is he talks about not numbing ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think the more like we're in a culture that we spend a lot. I personally like if I'm having a rough day, I will get on Instagram and I will scroll mm. and just be like, I need, I quote unquote need to do this so that I can just let go of all this other stuff. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what I was telling you guys about that. I've started replacing my, my scrolling with, with stuff that, that, that we've put in our media stuff, just because that at least is something that's going to feed my soul. He says here, um, once we enter into this dynamic, we will not let our consciences be numbed and we will open ourselves generously Right. So like Mm. just this idea of like not spending the less time we spend, like numbing ourselves to the possibility of of joy. You know, I think we spend a lot of time just kind of zoning out like not. Yeah, I want to avoid the suffering. So I'm just going to kind of like not do anything or this is hard. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to avoid it. Right. (laughs) Right. If I avoid it, it's not happening. Right. Or you or you succumb. Right. Like especially if you're if you're. If your reality is that you're like struggling, 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 struggling there. this is the coffee, the bad coffee. This morning. It didn't work. <laughs> if you're like, if you're, if you're striving for virtue and you're, and you're really trying and it's hard, um, you can numb yourself with sin, right? Oh, you yeah. just, you just go back to it. You just give up. Um, and I think he, ta- he talks about weakness a lot in here. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. And he says like, it's very common for Christians to say, well, I can't be holy. Right. I have this cross. I have this burden. I have this weakness. Like, how could I, uh, how could I do this? And I think he does a really great job of kind of just saying, don't despair. Uh, in the beginning, he says, even the greatest saints, um, said the wrong thing every once in a while, right? Like yeah. even the greatest saints had hangups. Yeah. Right. Um, it, it's just a part of the humanity. It's just a part of who we are. Yeah. The, the fallen human nature, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, maybe this is my nerd side, but uh, I also really enjoyed these I, this I, back and forth between Gnosticism and Pelagianism that he up, said. Dude. Yeah. Because oh, it's, it's so, so it's important. Oh god, it's, it's absolutely so important. Just like yep. Oh yeah, yeah. I've thought that before. Yep. Uh huh. I told I told Tom. I said uh, he's like. So I was getting coffee in his office the other day, and he's like, "So what do you think?" I said, "You know, I tend to be a first. I'm a firstborn, and so I do a lot of checklists like." I do that right, and I do that yep. right. Good, 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 got it, got it. So I'm going through the exhortation. I'm like, ooh, love my neighbor, check, all this stuff. And then, he, <laughs> and then we get to that part, and I'm like, 
oh, oh, ow, ouch, like ouch. Yeah. yeah. Um, just like a, a good father, he's just kind of saying, hey, you need to, you need to look at this right here. You need here. to read yeah. this, you pay attention. To, yeah. Um, and just for our listeners who might not know what those two terms mean, Gnosticism is kind of this idea that we're a body, soul, we're a spirit within a body and we're, our body really doesn't matter and it's all about the intellectualism um, and what yeah, Francis like is talking about. people who know the most. Yeah, they saved. know the most. They're the right. most. It's, totally, it's, a, right? it's a faulty intellectualism. Yeah. And then right. uh, Pelagianism is this idea that, um, yeah, God sort of helps us a little bit, but uh, really it's our human will that uh, gets us to, to heaven, right? Um, yeah. That, oh, uh, ouch. Yeah. So. Yeah. Only the things that I do. I have to be so good because yeah. I am the master of my own salvation. Right. Which is so dangerous. It's and I so think, dangerous I and it's easy to fall into. That's the, it, it, no one falls into those intentionally. Right. I don't think. I mean, maybe people do, but yeah. like, usually, no, well-intentioned yeah. people don't. And, um, I especially think that, I mean, Gnosticism, Gnosticism is rampant, but, um, I but think that Pelagianism is, is so dangerous because it can lead to either like a superiority yeah. complex, yes. right? Like I'm better than God. I don't need God. Like, or better than people. This. Or just better than or, the person yeah. exactly. next door. Right. Or it can lead to total discouragement, right? right? Like I can't do this. Right. Like addiction or what right. I, yeah. I, can, I can't do this. Like I need some help, and I think and a lot you're of like, people, yes, you do, right? <laughs> Let me introduce you to the grace of God. Right. <laughs> Guess what? You need a savior, and I know one. He's really good, as yeah. Father Jonathan said in his. He's uh, me. His uh, so it's like, right. I, you, you know, that's that's the problem with that with that heresy with that with that hangup uh, that it can go one of two ways, and both ways are. Yeah. So under that section, I, I would like to know how you guys, what you guys thought about. Um, what he says in 101, uh, where he says, um, he's kind of talking about relativism within this. And he says, um, as if there are other, uh, more important manners, the only thing that counts is one particular ethical issue or cause that they themselves defend uh, yeah. our defense of the innocent unborn, for example, needs to be clear, firm, and passionate for at stake is the dignity of a human life, which is always sacred and demands love for each person, regardless of his or her stage of development. Equally sacred, however, are the lives of the poor those already born, the destitute, the abandoned, and the underprivileged, the vulnerable, infirm, and the elderly exposed to covert euthanasia. So he goes on to just say... Uh, Human trafficking, right. slavery. Yeah, yeah. All, I mean, those those are evil, right? Human right. trafficking and right. slavery. Yeah. Right. So it was interesting to me that under that, he was talking about just that we can't just decide, oh... This is my thing, and none of that, yeah. other, none of those other things. No, yeah, that's exactly matter. right. Matter, yeah, and that's a that's a challenge. It is where you're just like, where where in my life, what what are those those things that I am kind of fixated on and missing another part of it, right? Not to say that, like, I mean, he's so clear about. I thought this was wonderfully worded, and I had heard some kind of like people talking about this paragraph mm -hmm. before I read it, and then I read it, and I was like, yeah. This is exactly like this he's is, saying all these things. Yeah, like all of these is so clear important. that all of these things are important. Um, right. And you know, yeah, you you we cannot 
live in a society where, or we should not accept a society um, just as it is that says, okay, um, this person's life is not valuable in any stage of development. Or, right? or this person's life is more valuable. Or is more valuable. Right. It's right? just, it's just, and I, it's interesting that he points that out under those two, like, yeah. you know, don't, don't fall into this and don't fall into this. And these yeah. are some examples of how you could. And so throughout those two sections, I was just kind of making a mental note. This is definitely a document that I'm going to go back and be like, okay, these are the sections yeah, you have to. I need to work on. Mm-hmm. These are the things right. that I need to learn more. I feel like I need to learn, read a whole book on the Beatitudes mm-hmm. because of how, mm-hmm. uh, how, how much I don't know about how I should be living them, yeah. I guess. You know, well, you know the other thing that I really love about this, and it's challenging, right? Because he's talking about pretty clearly he makes reference to like migration and yeah. things like that, right? Um, but I think he does it in a way that really um, points to community. And I don't know. I don't know his mind exactly, but um, I think that he sees in all of those things that he's talking about in abortion, in right. – uh, uh, euthanasia, euthanasia yeah. trafficking, yeah. slavery, all that kind of stuff. He sees that those are often the products of a failure of community, right? right? A failure of oh, yeah, people totally. to live. And so um, what he's saying is like, don't oppress the stranger, right? right. Don't like, you got to welcome the, the and that, that doesn't necessarily mean, right? Uh, just the person who's coming across the border. That also, it's also a call for like, the next door neighbor right. that you've never met, like go I, meet him. And know? I love how he, lo- I love how he enters into culture now. Yeah. He, he, he wants to talk about what is now. And that's you kind of talking about the gray, right? Like he is not afraid to say yeah. these. I mean, he talks, he references technology so much in this. Like he knows, he knows what we're about. Paragraph 115. I'm like, he's talking about Catholic Twitter. He really is. Like, he's like, oh, when the people are Christians are caught other. up in the networks of verbal violence uh, through the internet and various forms of digital communication. He's like, oh, yeah. I see that every day on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I participate on people, that. No, I don't participate. No, I just, I I just, yeah. I'm a voyeur. I just look at it. <laughs> it's like... It's people just it's, rip each other. It's days, brutal, right? isn't and, it? And you're like, are we all on the same side? Like, I understand we're trying to figure stuff out, yeah. but like, there are Twitter accounts like dedicated to like destroying Father James Martin. Yeah, like they'll they'll just, they'll just like criticize him at every turn, and like some of it's kind of funny, right? Right, because I mean, you put yourself out there, you subject right. yourself to criticism, but like, no, overall, you it's know, like it's it, poison. Dude. Well, there's just a difference between um, debating somebody's. Uh, uh, opinion, but right. but when you start to tear down the person, yeah, that that's right. when you attack the person. That's but it's interesting that Papa knows. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, like he is so hip. <laughs> he just knows all the thing. Like he knows. Oh, yeah, yeah. He ends that on. paragraph by saying, "Here we see how the unguarded tongue, set on fire by hell, <laughs> sets all things ablaze." <laughs> it's just see like James three. Up. Like go for it. It's just like he's I don't I just. As he continues his ministry, yeah, I'm more and more impressed by him, and more and more like shocked by people who are like, "Oh, he's ruining the Catholic Church." I, I, he's not doing anything to the tradition or the institution yeah. that we've built up for two thousand well, plus years. And it's just interesting to me this, that we believe that the Holy Spirit uh, inspired him. You know, this his selection, right. and so if we believe that about all 
everybody else, yeah. um, then I feel like we have to believe that that he was sent in this time, in this culture to... To speak to it. To speak to this culture. Yeah. And to, you know, I cannot tell you how many people I know that that are not Catholic that love him. That listen. Yeah. That listen and love him and feel included. And yeah. I just... I might misunderstand the gospel, but I pretty much thought that like the gospel was this come in, come into this with us. That's the expression of the gospel. Not you have not met the bar. You are on the out looking in. Mm -hmm. Um, and for, for the people that I've talked to that are not Catholic, that is just key that they do not feel like because they're not X, Y, and Z, this doesn't speak to them. Yeah. He yeah. clearly speaks to lots of people. No, we got to wrap does. up because you guys have to go pretty I, soon. Can I offer two? Yes, please, please. If he's not your cup of tea, well, it's cool. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he's my he cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. Um, so first of all, I wanted to just say that I love the section about um, the relationship of worship and yes. service. That that And he, I mean, he's citing the tradition, right? Like this is like all over. If you're not serving your neighbor and you're worshiping God, you're not really worshiping God well. Um, so that I think that that was really cool. And then I wanted to connect that with um, a quote. Uh, it's early on. Even when someone's life appears completely oh, wrecked, even when we see it devastated yeah. by vices yeah. or yeah. addictions, yes. God is present there. Yeah. I so, called somebody and I was like, listen to this. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yes. I was like, this is Papa. What he's saying no, to so, us. So I just think that that is. That's awesome. That is the reminder, and this speaks to my heart as someone who's becoming a priest, right? right. Like, that is the reminder that you need to hear every day. Mm-hmm. Like, that you're reverencing God in that person when you see them. Because, it, like, that person who's broken, who's despairing, who's struggling, God is present and he's working in their life. Um, he right. is. You know, like, that's just, that's that's why they're there. Right. That's why they're in front of you. Yeah. Uh, to make God present to you. So. And I, I think, think that reveals the heart of Francis, right? Because yeah. he, he's, he's constantly just challenging go us out, to go, go out, out into the deeps. Don't stay. Don't be complacent. Mm-hmm. Go to the deep and go find the people. Go love people so that Jesus Christ might be proclaimed in their life. Okay, so this is like I, we can we can <laughs> we have to go soon. yes no 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 um and maybe we could we could end on this this he this yeah, is when it. he's talking about holiness he says do not be afraid of holiness oh. it will take away none of your energy vitality or joy on the contrary you will become what the father had in mind when he created you and you will be faithful to your deepest self amen amen hey thanks for joining us on the being church podcast uh, this week um, it's been a pleasure don't forget to like and subscribe and comment and send us an email if you uh, have opinions. <laughs> and, <laughs> Everyone uh, has opinions. Um, yeah, we really appreciate your listenership. We're praying for you. We love you. Pray for us. Yeah, I was going to say pray for us. <laughs> oh, well, you can say your tagline. No, no, no. Okay. Well, go be church. <laughs> that was a random. No, go be church and go to the peripheries. That's what Francis yeah. is calling Go be so. holy. Go yeah. be holy. And go read uh, yeah. Joy and Response. What's it called? Uh, rejoice rejoice and be glad. Be glad. Rejoice and be glad. <laughs> it's, it is really good, and um, you can make it through. Peace, y'all.